All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show. Uh, this week, got uh, a new friend I just met um, through uh, McCall Moore, who was on episode 80, uh, season one, or no, episode one of season three that we just started. Um, so Carson is here with us to share his story and just talk addiction, mental health, and life. So welcome and thank you for uh, just coming on. Thanks for having me, brother. I'm very excited. This yeah. was uh, this was a great uh, kind of spontaneous friendship that has just formed. Yes, and uh, I love how it happened. So yeah, because we were texting about well, we need to meet, and I was like, well, how about we just meet and do a recording? And you were like, all right, well, I'm down if you're down, and yeah. here we are. I loved that. Yeah, you you were ready to go right to it, and uh, I definitely appreciated that, and and so here we are. So yeah, and. Um, He's got a podcast himself as well. Um, I think you said y'all started about six months after us here, about a year and a half on the journey, I think. Um, So before we jump in, just mention that a little bit to the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So you and I, we were just talking before this. uh, We both began our our podcast careers, if you will, uh, relatively around the same time. So uh, my co-host Pat and I, we uh, decided we wanted to utilize this platform that seems to be incredibly popular and growing every single year uh, to share our stories and share our experience in hopes that uh, we can we can help others um, that struggle with the same thing we do and that is um, that is addiction so he and I just a quick little rundown on this is we met in an in, uh, an outpatient treatment program for uh, alcoholism and so as Pat and I were, we're going through this program and we're working on ourselves. We're, we're kind of figuring out, you know, and going forward, how we are going to approach life in an, in a different way. And so Pat came up with the idea and he said, Hey, let's, let's do this. And I said, absolutely. So June of 2022, uh, we started 12 ounces of sobriety. Uh, and originally it was a take on, sobriety, but being not the first sobriety podcast in existence, we wanted to have a a little bit different of a flavor. And that is early sobriety. That is a couple of guys who have maybe two or three months under their belt. Um, We are literally in it and and getting sober as we are recording. There was some raw conversations. A hundred percent. It was the downs. We were in it. We were in it and an absolutely raw conversation, uh, everything that we were feeling, uh, that we had learned, uh, we wanted to share. Um, and, and like I said, in hopes that anybody listening to that could say, Hey, oh my gosh, you know, I've been sober for two weeks or I've been sober for two months. These guys, they get it. They get it. Not, and this isn't to say that someone with 10 or 15 years isn't going to relate because they are. But sometimes, especially in early addiction, we felt that that might have seen that might have felt like something that was not attainable. Hey, they have 15 years. They've made it. I, I don't know if I can do that. So I'm not sure if this is going to work for me. And for us, it was saying, hey, no, it, it does work. Listen to us. We might be a couple of idiots. We might not know too much, but we're going to let you know what we do know and you can take that however you want. And so, and going forward, you know, we, we have added to our sobriety and, and Pat is 18 months. Uh, I'm coming up on 11. I did have a relapse, um, which I did share. Uh, I, I was very, that's raw and part of a relapse is part of the journey. 
it, 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 it very oftentimes is. It's, uh, it's not to, this isn't to say that a relapse is necessary uh, by any stretch. However, if you do have one, you learn a lot from it. And that's what I wanted our listeners to know. So, uh, in an, in an attempt not to belabor on our podcast, um, 12 ounces of sobriety, uh, we, you know, if you do struggle with addiction, um, and it, and it doesn't have to be alcohol, it could be anything, um, feel free to check us out and, um, and hopefully we can help in any way. Love that. Um, like you said, a lot of <clears throat> podcasts are on addiction that have several years, you know, and having guests on, you know, I had a previous guest, um, on Patrick who's with champagne problems and they've been around, um, I know Pat. Yep, they've been Pat around, and Robbie. Yep, they've been around sobriety for a while. So, I mean, what they do is amazing, and having guests, doctors on. But like you said, you don't have the couple months into sobriety starting a podcast and yep. having listeners, you know, kind of grow with you in your sobriety. Honestly, yeah. you know, yeah. So that's cool. One of the first things uh, we we let some of our. Uh, some of the therapists know at the, at the rehab center here in Charlotte that what we were doing and they were very excited. And what they did was they said, Hey, we've got a couple of guys who we, we have a very great relationship with and it was Pat and Robbie. And so they came in, we met them, they talked to us and Hey, you know, this is in our experience doing champagne problems, uh, just kind of keep these things in mind. And they, they kind of walked us through and it wasn't anything crazy, but it was, it was great information for us being a couple of newbies, having no idea, not a creative bone in our body. Um, we didn't, we didn't know what to do, where to find what we needed, all that good stuff. So they were, they were very helpful. I love that you've had them on. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, they're great. Um, so if you're struggling, check out 12 ounces sobriety, champagne problems. Um, so you can have the fresh into sobriety or the ones that have been there for a while. Um, so again, met Carson or was connected, um, through McCall, who was episode 80. Um, his wife, um, is um friends with mccall i guess relatively new kind of through a cousin you said right yeah that uh one another thing i loved about this whole thing coming together was uh within the last month you've had on two guests that i also uh, you know know relatively well um first you had lance yeah, and my Lance boy is a Lance. buddy of mine that's right we were texting yeah. yeah i forgot i forgot all about that yeah well lance well lance said you know, he and I, we, we meet up a few times a year and just grab coffee and catch up and, um, and all that good stuff. And, and he, he mentioned that he had done his first podcast. And so he sent me yours. And so I listened to that. That was the first one you listened to. Yeah. Yeah, ah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I was like, Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, this, whoever, whoever this Chad guy is, <laughs> I like him. And, uh, he's a, he's a fellow podcaster and, and then, you know, listen to Lance and everything. And we just kind of talked about that. And then the next week is McCall. I'm like, okay, why don't I know this person? Um, and so, yeah, but so my wife, Jamie, um, her cousin and McCall are our best friends. And so we know McCall through, through her. And, and like I said, here we are. She literally connected us. What a week, two weeks ago. I mean, it was, it was, it was very recent. It was earlier this month. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
and here we are now um it's beautiful it's a beautiful yeah, thing it is beautiful um so addiction is your story we were talking a little before recording um about your story and kind of the start of it and then how it kind of i guess got exposed um you know with yeah. your wife finding some some uh some juice boxes <laughs> some juice boxes man those juice boxes yeah. will get you but uh <laughs> just our for our listeners just tell us your story and you know as i always do i interject and just ask questions because there's no planning in these podcasts it's just sit down raw conversation yeah. and you get the real thing there's no correct. fabrication yeah so. that's what we want no absolutely i you know one of the big things that I've learned over the past couple of years now uh, and something that I was very ignorant towards is there is no profile that fits addiction. It does not discriminate. And for me, and this might be arrogance, this might be just naivety towards it, but I didn't think that I, me, Carson Waddell, uh, would be someone who would fall into addiction. Uh, so throughout my life, you know, I grew up here in Charlotte and, and, and a very, very normal life. I, I can't sit here and say, yes, there's been plenty of trauma, but who hasn't had trauma? Uh, some are certainly worse than others. Um, but at the end of the day, everyone is dealing with something and I say that to say there was no, there was nothing in my life that would directly point towards, at least in my eyes, being addicted and, and being fully dependent on alcohol. And over the years, it, it was kept, I would say, relatively in check. Uh, I was very much a weekend warrior. I would work. Uh, I mean, just the short of it, I, I'm in business to business sales in the financial industry. So working all day and then you, you have a little bit of time to go home, you work out, you do whatever else you got to do. And then the weekend you hit it hard and then you do it all over again. And that was, you're more tired on Monday than you were when you started your weekend on Friday, Monday, I'm done. Yeah. You're not getting anything out of me. And now I just accepted it. Oh, like, yeah, and I, and I hope you guys accept it because Carson's not here. He's, uh, he's, he's physically, just mentally, he's I'm a shell maybe of a send man. a couple emails and mm. oh, look it, busy. It, it literally like, he, he, yeah, send, send some emails. Make yourself known. You know, uh, what can you do to, to convince everyone else that, hey, Carson was at work? So you're honestly working a three-day week because Fridays yes. you're preparing for the weekend. Mondays you're recovering. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, especially at noon, um, we were, we were checking out probably getting a beer at lunch, maybe. Yes. But that's exactly what we did. Maybe (laughs) Maybe not just one, but (laughs) I was going to say, you know, maybe two or three, um, which always sucked because it's, it's fun at the time. And you're like, yeah, we're getting, getting beers at lunch. Yeah. This is fun. And then like three 30 and you're like, Oh my gosh. And then you get to like run out the clock so that you can actually keep drinking. Correct. So that was, that was fun. That was the majority of my twenties, but to fast forward to, uh, I don't know if you remember the coronavirus or not. No, I don't. Yeah. It was but this- I, honestly, I still work during the coronavirus. Cause at that point I was doing commercial land surveying construction didn't stop. So I was, out on construction sites mm. or in the middle of the woods. So the only thing that coronavirus prevented me from doing was going out sure. on 
weeknights, weekends, because mm-hmm. I was still working and leaving the house every morning to go to work. So that's fair. Yeah. So it prevented me from going out and restaurants, different stuff. But if, for the most part, it was it wasn't quite. It didn't affect you quite as much. Which no, it honestly didn't. Um, yeah. You know, I mean. The drugs were a lot more rampant mm-hmm. than um, in the partying and the people I was hanging out with. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, because I did, I've gotten coronavirus twice. Um, I got it. So there's a f- funny, well, now I guess it's not really funny. <laughs> Depends on who, who's listening and what's your perception, but um so if you go back one of the earlier episodes, episode 10, I am, this is when a lot of coronavirus just started kind of, um, well, I guess it had been for a little bit as February of 2021. Um, we were hearing a lot about it. Correct. Still, and, you know, um, the company I was with, if you had COVID or needed to go get tested, they were still paying you your normal salary or salary rate so i was like vacation yeah i was like i need to go get tested and this is when the test took three to five days i mean it took mm-hmm. a while to get the test back so i was like i think i have covid i need to go get tested did i go get tested nope. no um so i um was on a bender the night before um <laughs> Like geeked out, almost called the owner at like 4 a.m. to quit because I thought I had made it rich um, in the music industry. <laughs> and um, even called my mom when I was leaving the studio at like 6 a.m., I think, and said, I've made it. I'm going to be able to, you know, take care of y'all for life now. Um, and continued that bender and then went to get a tattoo. And then that incident happened where I fell asleep, woke up, thought I was getting stabbed and robbed by a tattoo artist, retaliated, thinking I needed to protect myself, um, tore his tattoo shop up, tore him up, and then fled, and then got hit by a car crossing Central Avenue. So that's what I got for... You know, mm. saying I had COVID, but then I ended up getting COVID really bad, like a week later. So <laughs> punishment, yeah. So the, the, the Lord, uh, the Lord uh, taught me a lesson there. <laughs> that's one of those things. You're like, all right, I definitely deserved it. You know, yeah. it is. That's a wild story. I yeah. did, I did not know that. Yeah, and then I went to, and I kept getting high while I had COVID in the apartment. Then went to my seventh rehab. And that was the first one I completed. And then I got out and within an hour was arrested on felony charges, mm. facing prison. So um, that was my February into March. That's a February for the books, man. <laughs> yeah. And no Valentine's Day there. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. No, I, I I had not heard that story. That yeah. is. I have a lot of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and it and you you talking about that, you know, this is one of those things that I kind of think of is I was any I was getting to the point where it was any given day that I would ha- very much have a similar story. Um, by the grace of God, I don't. But I flirted with it every single day. Um, and and I do, I, I firmly believe that if I had not chosen to 
get treatment and to to work on this at the time that I did, I was a ticking time bomb. And it, so it was getting, it was getting worse at, you know, day in and day out. And so, you know, going back to COVID, that was, I, I first and foremost say, I'm very grateful that I did, I did keep it. You know, I kept my job. Mm. I had a new position at that point where, um, I was working, I had my own office and that, that is important to this is, um, we, we were navigating the coronavirus they had essentially said, you know, you, you, we're still paying you. However, you can't really do much of the job as, as you're supposed to. You're business to business, which right. entails face to going face. in. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So you can't see anybody. And Zoom's not really, I don't mean that. No, it wasn't very widely used at this point, I'm assuming, probably. You're, you're absolutely correct. It was funny because I had actually used Zoom quite a bit prior to that, but the majority of the world hadn't uh, because they didn't need it. Especially the older generations hadn't been familiarized with it. And exactly. Now they're pros at it. Everyone, everyone <laughs> knows everyone knows of Zoom and GoTo and all these other platforms that, that are designed for you know video communication. Um so that, that was coming into play. And so the reason I bring up my own office is that was freedom that I shouldn't have had because I, I then began to, well, if I can't do my job again, very grateful, I'm getting paid. A lot of people are getting laid off They're They're trying to figure mm-hmm. this thing out with all sorts of other problems, financial problems that I didn't have to deal with. But at the same time, quite frankly, I was bored. I, 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 I mean, who really, wouldn't be? You're not able to do 100% of your job it, and yeah. you're having to go into the office. Well, you know, so you're going to try and be Mad Men. You're going to try and be Don Draper. And so I had bourbon in the office and I'm just chilling. I'm thinking of the coolest guy I ever. got my suit on. I have nothing to do. So, you know, that's kind of what sparked a, uh, you know, the drinking throughout the day. Not the Which, weekend warrior. Now we're the weekday. We're, we're an everyday warrior. Yep. And and it's and it's crazy. It's it's very deceptive. You don't realize a lot of times that it's happening while it's happening, and it grows on you, mm-hmm. and it slowly it takes you normal, over. The norm. It is the norm, and and so that that obviously progressed throughout that year. And 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 my you know my mindset was, you know, when when COVID started to lighten up a little bit, things started to open up. Okay, I can stop. Well, that didn't happen. That became my, my normal. And, and I, time and time again, I would say, I would wake up on a Tuesday and say, all right, listen, go to work, do your, do you, do your everyday responsibilities and just don't drink. And inevitably, I mean, I'd maybe make it at lunchtime. And I was going to say, you probably progressed of time when you started, when you had those conversations. Absolutely. But absolutely. <laughs> and so you still pop the top though. We, the pop, the top was still popped. Yes. And, and so fast forwarding to the next year. So I, I got married in April of 2021. And, and this is at a point where, yes, I mean, I had been, I'd been a daily drinker for about a year. And then, so my dad, functioning because there's a difference for I was people who yeah. you know might think alcoholism is sloppy, it, whatever. There's it, a difference. You're you're absolutely right. It was very much a functioning type of alcoholism that I had had, and again, in my experience, I've learned that that is much more prevalent than I thought it was. And it comes in many forms, and it comes in uh, many different. Um, you know, it, it, it's, 
there's a word I'm looking for um, that I can't really find right now. It, it, it definitely affects people to a greater extent than others, but it's still there mm-hmm. is really just what I'm trying to say. But my dad, um, he had a heart attack in uh, two weeks after he got married. Okay. We were on the golf course, um, and Did you I, get a hole in one. Yeah. <laughs> no hole in ones. He well, the thing is, is he, there were kind of some signs. It was a little. Mm. It was kind of odd because my dad is, he's a pretty solid golfer, and we went out. I took him out for his birthday, and um, and he played like crap. I mean, and and it was one of those things. Yeah, everyone has a bad day, but, but not. He had, yeah, not as bad as he normally plays. And also he had this aura about him that was just, he was not happy. And, and, and it wasn't, I'm not playing well, not happy. There was something wrong. And so long story short, it, we were on the 10th hole and, um, and, and, you know, it sort of defected him. I ended up calling, um, you know, the ambulance and he ended up actually, dying in the parking lot he mm. is alive today but they had he had, they had to bring him back they were resuscitating him all all did that. they come to the 10th hole or they, did you right, right outside that we made it to the parking lot okay we made it to the parking lot and and it was one of those things like hey if you had if you had called maybe 10 minutes he would, later he's not he's not, not making bringing it bringing back well, they're not bringing him back exactly and so you know the reason i bring that up is he he was then in a, you know, a medically induced coma for about a week. I was not going to go to that hospital sober, not a chance. So I because would, that's a tough thing to face it very, very. And I'd already faced that, um, 14 years ago. So my mother passed, it was actually 14 years ago yesterday. Mm. Um, and so October 30th, 2009. And so my mother, passed from leukemia and so she was in that hospital setting for a year and a half and so that brings back that uh, traumatic oh yeah. so i'm yeah. walking in there you know the facing first reality day, potentially absolutely i'm like your not, second parent not passing. again yeah. I'm like, not again and um and so all that is kind of running through my brain let alone even if that hadn't happened it's still a terrible situation but just on top of that um you know we're we're doing this thing again uh, and potentially we might, we might lose him. So like I said, for that week, uh, that he was in the coma and I think he was in the hospital altogether about two, two and a half weeks. I'm not showing up sober. I'm not doing it. Um, so I would wake up each morning. I mean, I'm talking seven, seven o'clock going straight to the store. My wife and my sister who had come to stay with us during that time, they were still asleep. So I would, throw some back and then I would make sure that I specifically planned out uh, times throughout the day that I could get away I could restock and I could drink more and that's what I did and it was another one of those things where okay once he's out of the hospital you can get back to normal and that didn't happen for an addict there's is there's no going back there's there's no going back you know it it is called a disease for a reason and some people are wired different ways and and for the alcoholic and for the addict there's something in our brains where that it's just not the reality you cannot use um, like a quote unquote normal person. And I won't get into what is a normal person and all this. I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole, uh, for, for a long time talking about that. That's where the listeners need to go check out 12 ounces of sobriety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, you know, he gets out and, and that was my new normal. 
So it went from, hey, I'm drinking every day, probably starting around lunchtime, maybe a little bit earlier to know the first thing that I do when I wake up, when I'm on my way to work is I am getting alcohol. You're stopping at the gas station or or the grocery store, store. one of the two. It it didn't matter what it was. And if work starts at eight, you're leaving the house probably 637. Yep. I I had this. I I was almost embarrassed because. I would walk in and feel super uh, insecure because I feel, you know, I'm showing up at the same place, getting alcohol at the same time. And yeah, I was did just they like, start to recognize oh, you? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Did anyone ever be like, Hey, no one went to the extent of questioning me uh, from the standpoint of like, Hey, should you be doing this? Or, Hey, this is a lot of things like that. But there were comments made of, Ah, getting after it early. And I'm like, Haha, it's for later. You know, hey, I'm just coming into the store to grab this for tonight so that I don't have to go to the store later. You know, some, just, cra- uh, some an, crap like that. An excuse that we're good oh, at making uh, up. Good call. I'm like, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, good call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but no, it, but I definitely felt like they know. They know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. They, they're, what, they, they, they're judging me. That doesn't matter. I was gonna say that at a certain point, you just it doesn't. Oh, I didn't care. It, it, it I walk out of that, and that's that's behind me. Probably got, like you're working at a grocery store, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's like what, whatever you, know, you who can are you to, to judge me, correct. you know, all this stuff. And so, uh, regardless, it, that that was that was a new norm for for the next I would say year. Mm-hmm. And then it all came toppling down finally. And and I was, we were talking about this uh, before we started recording. Is there is there was a relief that that came over me whenever this this was that I, that I was exposed. Uh, the reason the reason that you had said juice boxes earlier was um, my thing was boxed wine. And you think Carson, that's that's disgusting. Why are you why are you drinking <laughs> boxed wine all day every day? Well, that's easy. Number one, it's higher gravity. So you, you get, you get more bang for your buck. You can get there quicker. Mm-hmm. Number two, I was drinking in the car and then this goes back to, and uh, I'm very ashamed of this. But this goes back to, I was a ticking time bomb. There were so many things that could have happened to me and I knew it and I hated it. I felt bad about it. However, I couldn't stop. Correct. It but, wasn't, you wanted to stop. You even oh just gosh, said that, yeah. but you couldn't, but I couldn't. A lot of people out there are like, well, why can't you just stop? Yeah. Why don't you just stop? Unfortunately, you it's, can't. It's not that simple. It's like for me when I started doing a line or you know snorting whatever, I literally couldn't stop until my body was shaking and I couldn't physically do another yeah. line. Yeah, when you it goes from and again, like I said before, it's sneaky and it's deceptive and it's happening right in front of you, but you don't realize it. There, there, there comes a time where you are whether it's drinking or using or whatever it may be that you are, you go from, Hey, I want to go drink to let off some steam. I want to have fun with my friends. I want to enjoy it with dinner to, I am fully dependent on this. I do not feel that I can exist, that I can move forward without having this in my system. And that's what it got to Or I'm paralyzed. Yeah. Like for me, I would be doing uppers right before I went to bed, not to give me energy to stay awake, but so that I could wake up in a couple hours Mm -hmm. because I'd be awake two, three days. So I knew if I fell asleep, I'd be asleep for God knows how long. So I would do a line or 
take a couple Adderalls to fall asleep. Not that I would get into deep sleep, but be able to wake up in four hours, whatever. And then I would set an alarm 30 minutes prior to when I needed to be up to do more. So then I would naturally wake up in 30 minutes and I could be a functioning human being. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things that we lose the ability to do while we are in addiction. But one thing that I, that we can still do is be very strategic, um, in, in place in the placement and, and the timing of how, and when we use, I mean, we make sure that we get what we have to get. Oh yeah. And we're very good at it. Um, that is, that is kind of a funny thing about this is, uh, it, it becomes so important and you become so self-reliant on it that we were masterminds at getting it at hiding it, whatever the case may be. And I was very much a part of that. Uh, I, I knew, I knew, I knew everything that I needed to do to make sure that I got what I needed. And you had it down to, I had it down to science. Yep. But yeah, yeah. would you agree with this for me? Yes. It comes to a certain point where you're so down to a routines mastermind that you get a little sloppy and you get a little sloppy. How you either get caught or you end up on the sidewalk, a random fire truck passing by finding your body. That is 100% true. You get a little sloppy and that's what I did. And again, in retrospect, that my sloppiness was kind of what helped your saving save me because, you know, like I said, box wine, the, the last point I was going to make was the reason I used that. One of the m- numerous reasons why that was my go-to was uh, you couldn't, it didn't look like I was drinking, you know, it protein looked like, shake. like you said, protein shake, juice, juice box. Bar. So uh, I, I had, I had created this whole thing where it was, I was hiding it in plain sight almost. And so the sloppiness came in in, in April of, um, 2022 and number one, I had gone to a wedding, um, and it was one of uh, some of our best friends getting married and made a just a complete and utter fool of myself. It was already it was already going in the right direction because I was changing as a person. I was I was not I was not a nice person. You're not the Carson that's sitting here today. I was not at all. Um, it had all but taken over every bit of me. There was very little of who I am left. And that it may sound dramatic, but it's, it is honestly oh, the I, truth. No, I agree a hundred percent with that. Um, and, uh, so I did that and then, and then the next day my wife had to move my car and this is where the sloppiness came in is I had been tossing, you know, all of my empties back into my, uh, my Jeep Wrangler. And, the reason I emphasize the Jeep Wrangler is it's not a, it, it was a two door rag top. It's not a very big car. There's not many places to hide it, <laughs> you know? No. And so no. I'm like, bloop, bloop, you know, just throw that back there. Hey, I'll get, I'll get to it later. Cause quite frankly, I don't want to right now. When did later come? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and so my wife moved my car the next morning cause she had to get out and, um, there were 40 something empties in the back. It's a good bit of juice. That's a lot of juice boxes. There's a lot of juice boxes. So she came in and, and, and basically said, I, you know, I knew that, that you had a problem, but I did not realize that it was this bad. And and she wasn't even mad. Kind of relieved. Probably. It, it was, I mean, a, it was a relief on both ends. Uh, from her end, it was, 
I'm honestly glad that obviously that we that I've that I've now realized where we are at, but also I I am relieved that you are struggling with this and that is the reason why you are the way that you are and that I didn't marry an awful human being. Yeah. She thought she'd marry an asshole. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, how and y'all how long had y'all been married at this point? It wasn't long. We had been married for one year. And the first year is the hardest, but I tell you, <laughs> we 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 got it pretty good the first year. Um, that probably strengthened y'all's marriage. It did um, it? Did it, it's not the it's not the way we wanted to start. No. Uh, I'll be I'll be I'll shout that to the rooftops, and I know she would too. Um, but uh, but it we certainly got a lot a lot in in that first year, and and yeah, to that you know so oh well before i say this and and then for me there was a relief that okay now i've been found out i don't have to hide this anymore because that guilt was eating me up every single day and the only way i could get rid of that guilt was drinking was to keep drinking cuz that um, numbs it your numbs feelings it. you have the temporary relief uh and and the only way to stay in that 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 state of being is is to continue to drink and that is not sustainable for a long or a good life in any way shape or form no relationships health name it's, it's not it's all i mean here's the thing is and this is this kind of is a testament to when you are when you are in it and when i say in it i mean you are you are full-blown in addiction is i'd even gone to the doctor and my liver enzymes were, were pretty high and I left the doctor's office and I went and drank because I didn't want to worry about that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I knew my health was deteriorating. I was very overweight. I was not performing in my job. It was, I was, I was meeting the lowest expectation possible Without. to not be booted out the door, Correct. not realizing any of my potential. I was not, uh, I, you know, I feel like I, I wait, you know, I wasted the first year of marriage, um, for us because I was not me. There was, there was not, there was very little enjoyment in it. Um, but we, yeah, so I was relieved from that standpoint and our one year anniversary was the first day that I walked into the rehab center. That, I mean, while a lot of people could see that as a shitty anniversary and I'm sure it was, it could also be a very hopeful anniversary because some people, when they get found out, oh, I don't have a problem, blah, blah, whatever excuse. Mm -hmm. But as you said, you were relieved that you were found out. She was relieved that you weren't an asshole and it was the drinking, the addiction. So in a sense, you know, there's hope for this marriage to be successful. You know, the longevity, you name it. You nailed it. We walked out and, sh and I said, I, I said, Jamie, I'm, I, I can't put into words how sorry, I, sorry I am, um, that we are spending our one year anniversary, uh, getting admitted into this outpatient program. And she said, Carson, this is the best anniversary gift you could have ever given me. Oh man. <laughs> that gave you a lot of relief. I bet. Oh, talk about like. As you were probably thinking, oh, I need to drink right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously you were since you hadn't, but yeah. that probably took a lot of the weight off of it did. maybe I don't need to drink. Yeah. 
you know it did it did it it that was a that was a wonderful moment amidst sheer and utter chaos um and and i i'll never forget her saying that and it, it, it meant the world to me and it 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 also speaks volumes of her as a person i was gonna say she that's a lot of wives would i mean a handful would have left mm-hmm. a lot would have gone in rage i'm leaving for a while but she grabbed it by the bootstraps and yep. said we're gonna do this together yep we're gonna get you help my husband yep and we're gonna see this through the end absolutely and and you're absolutely right is is there are there are many different reactions uh to that and i know that for a fact because i've seen it i've heard it Mm -hmm. Uh, i've met a lot of people uh within this program as as i'm sure you and and really anyone who is in this realm has we we meet a lot of people a lot of wonderful people yeah you know one thing and and if you're listening to this i'm not saying that you have this idea but this is me personally and this goes back to the ignorance and my idea of addiction and rehab centers is when i walked in there this sounds so bad but i expected it was this is going to be a bunch of homeless people is this going to be a bunch of really strange and odd people like i had this idea of the other people that i was about to surround myself with and quite frankly i was like oh man i'm i'm better than this which is so wrong for so many reasons but one thing that was really eye-opening to me and also comforting it was a bunch of me's oh, it was yeah. a bunch of i mean it was all across the spectrum right and it, it, these are regular freaking people some of them are ceos of companies absolutely to, doctors lawyers i mean everything to your homeless to your like homeless you said. to to it's all walks of life it's all ages it doesn't escape your race bank account zip code doesn't care it doesn't no. doesn't care one bit um and and <laughs> it, it was just so crazy to me as i'm sitting there and and i'm meeting these people and i'm like goodness gracious <laughs> oh so you wait you actually do really well in life but you also have an issue with alcoholism or you also have an issue with you know this type of drug well yeah <laughs> well, why, why is that shocking? And, and it shouldn't be shocking, but that's just, I, you know, I, I do, I do believe that part of this is kind of how society's view has been on addiction. There's no doubt about that. Cause I mean, where did I get it from? Right. That's not to justify anything. Um, and, and my, my part in that wrong assumption, but it, it is, again, it was very comforting and, and society's viewpoint, I think is, is slightly changing, but there's still a long way to go. I mean, it's drinking is the norm in our society. It is highly, highly romanticized. It's the, it's the only, I, I know, I understand it's not a drug, but to put it in the drug category, it's the only drug in quotation marks that is heavily, heavily influenced. Um, and I think a lot of that is because of money, mm-hmm. but, but it's why, why is it so terrible to use X, Y, Z, but Hey, you should drink more. It just, it doesn't add up. Right. right? Um, so it, it, it's been very, yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting. Um, but again, I think a lot of it goes, goes back to money and, and the, you know, large companies are, are profiting a lot of quite money. a bit of money mm-hmm. off of off of all of us in in their uh, in, in using their product. Oh, hundred um, percent. I mean, you have in Charlotte, you have a new brewery going up 
at least weekend. once a month, if not every week. I feel like in me and me and you are two charlatans, right? So we've been we've been around, and I want to say maybe ten years ago, we probably had like three breweries, and we've yeah. got one. I mean, we we it has to be people name it has breweries hundred now, right? I don't know. People name breweries, and I'm like, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. Whereas before, you had Sycamore. Yep. Maybe wooden uh, robot o- and OMB and yeah yeah like the, like the five big ones right right and it's and like hey which one of these five do you want to go to and now you have one that's carved out um is maybe the size of this this room that we're in yeah and and they've got a little you know they got a little craft beer a little new take on it. it's like well first of all there are no new takes on craft beer no but but you know or or even coffee shops or or you know. Or pickleball. Hey, I'm a big pickleball guy. Well, here, here's how we can really get Charlotte with the pickleball scene. Pickleball and pickleball beer. Pickleball and beer. It's genius. I mean, 100%. Yeah, I mean, play a pickleball game, have a beer, and then go back and play a couple more. And then go have another yeah. another couple of beers. You're getting exercise. You're just spending a lot of money doing it. Because you're paying for the court to rent it out. Which, by the for, way, is is incredibly expensive is for it, the court. I've only played, uh, I guess, two 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 years ago, roughly, mm-hmm. when I was at the eighth rehab, Honey Lake, um, I I had heard of pickleball, but I was like, I've, I mean, if I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play tennis. Like, who's gonna Obviously. play pickleball? Yeah. Um, and so there was me, my roommate, um, and then um, the two guys across from us, and we were the three or four of us were rehab buddies. Um, and I say they saved my life cause I didn't need technically to go to rehab. I mean, if you didn't know me. You were like, yeah, you need to go. You just died life support. But mm-hmm. for me, that was enough, but it was going and building the relationships was which I needed and kind of yes. my turning point. Community um, is so much. And I so emphasize much. that on every episode probably. Yeah. But every night we would take a boom box um, down and uh, there's a little outline pickleball yep. um, size court. And I don't know if one of the guys um, Amazon um, the net and paddles or if they had them there at Honey Lake. But every night we would go play pickleball for two, three hours. I mean, shirts were off. We were sweating and like each time some more people would come and before you know it there'd be a bunch of guys and girls down there and we'd be playing pickleball and they'd yep. be watching and we'd have the music going and i had a lot of fun it's it's great but i haven't played since i want to play but i just well i haven't so i'll have to go play with you well we're yeah say no more yep um but yeah no i mean it's 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 incredibly expensive to go out and something like that and you're really just paying to um be at a bar quite frankly because uh, mm-hmm. you can play anywhere for free i mean like i literally played on the pavement or asphalt at a rehab yeah exactly now the rehab costs some money to get but yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah, yeah 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 that that's a nice little bill but um that you'll get but anyways you know not to go on a tangent about how I mean, it is the rabbit hole it, it is <laughs> you know, that was, you're good you're good you're absolutely right um it is very much a rabbit hole but but all that to say, um, that is, I, that is, I, I think the, the majority of the reason why, um, we as a society do not really understand how awful the effects of, of drinking truly, truly are. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it, 
when it can be something to uh, for for the for a person like myself can completely change and and quite frankly ruin your life. I mean, and you go out, you drink. The next day you're foggy and you're like, Oh, am I depressed? And mm. why do I have this anxiety? It's not because maybe you're dealing with something in life. It's the effects of the alcohol. Um, so I don't know if people realize I'm sure a lot do, but there, I'm sure there's some that like, why am I feeling this way? Well, it's the side effects of after drinking. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a very good point. I'm glad you brought that up because there's no doubt that I, as as the majority of people do struggle with some sort of anxiety and some sort of depression um but with that said when i chose to get sober i realized that such a an incredibly large percentage of those feelings was stemmed from drinking the 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 effects that it has on you physically the heart palpitations um mentally you know that depression, that, that fight or flight that comes in and, and you're, you're, you're wiry, you're, you're looking for something to happen. You know, all of these, all of these side effects of, of dealing with something like that. And a lot of it comes from alcohol and you're saying, Oh my gosh. So wait a second, I'm feeling this because of alcohol, but I'm suppressing it with alcohol and I'm doing that every single day. Hmm. And so that's why you that's would then need to drink right when you woke up. Yeah. You know? I yeah. Mean, I don't I know had, if we said that on the recording or before. I know we talked about it, yeah. but Yeah, no, literally the thing that is suppressing it is also creating it. And it's like, well, how do you get out of that? Well, it's not easy, especially at the very beginning. You gotta Because you got the the headache. You gotta the, go for it. The shakes, <laughs> <Yeah>. the, <laughs> plus the anxiety. So. It, it's it's an awful feeling. Oh um, it's yeah. But it does go away. I mean, it does go away. Yeah. Either you lay in bed all day for the, you know, people who just go out and have a fun night and deal with it the next day or those who, uh, you know, in your case, well, the one way to bite the bullet is yeah. to throw back. Yep. hundred percent. So it, um, it's amazing to me how much clarity uh, in peace you get even you know once you start cutting that out of your life you know there's no doubt the first one two three days there's no doubt it's it's not fun um, i mean alcohols are terrible withdrawals terrible i mean there's other that are pretty bad too but alcohols you know to me is, and i think it might medically it might be one of the worst yeah it, it's especially the older you get the worse they get and, and that's not a new thing. I mean, you know, I've heard my whole life and I've experienced it. Hey, once you hit 23, it gets this worse and then 25 and then 30, but it doesn't get any better. Um, but, but once you are able to abstain for even a week, the flip and, and how you're feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, it's, it's night and day. And then as you are able, if you're able to, you know, progressively get better and to extend that time, you realize how much potential you have, how much more at peace you may be and happier, quite frankly, that you can be. Um, you're, you're more of yourself. And, and it's, and when you just look back at that and you, you just think of how detrimental it can be, you're thinking, why did I do this in the first place? And now the answer to that's not that simple. No, it, we could be here for 10 hours. We would talking about that. We would, we would absolutely. Um, 
but yeah, so that is, um, that is kind of how I got here. Um, like I said, in April, I, I, I went into that, that program and of last year, right? Of last year, of last year. And so, um, you know, we, we got out of that and what's marriage look like? Um, you know, so obviously day one, April walking into, um, and at Blanchard, um, here in Charlotte, if you're looking for a place outpatient, um, treatment, that's a great place. Um, but she said, you know, this is the best anniversary I could have. Mm-hmm. She knew there was hope in getting her husband. Um, we're here now in end of October, beginning of November of 23. So year and a half. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for marriage? Yeah, no, that's a that's a phenomenal question. Um, to start at the beginning of when I went to uh, the treatment program for the first time, I, I won't sit here and say for one second that it was easy. Uh, there were a lot of things. Number one, and if you talk to anybody just about who has been in addiction and is, is working on themselves, there is a there's a lot of trust that has to be earned back and it's not easy. It makes perfect sense. I would not for one second blame my wife for not trusting me or, or asking me to maybe explain in further detail about certain things because she was lied to for years. And so that doesn't come back overnight. No. So that was a, a very big thing for us is, is getting that trust back. Um, I was also gone a lot because on top of still working my job, I was three, three nights out of my week for three hours each time from six to 9 PM. I was gone. And that's kind of a prime time for, you know, a spouse Mm -hmm. or if you're in a relationship dinner, maybe a movie or a show and then Mm -hmm. preparing for bed. That's your time. Yeah, absolutely. And so we didn't, we, we had very little of that. Um, so we, we, we had to kind of work through that and, um, but again, we, we did do it and, and there was obviously a highs and lows and, and then came the, the fall back into it. So yeah, cause you did mention the relapse. Yeah. So we, we, we started our podcast in June of 2022 and things were going great. Um, a few things led up to it. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, I started drinking because this, it it didn't, it didn't help me. We, we lost a few, a few family members. They weren't immediate family members. Not that that makes it any less uh, Mm -hmm. important, but you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it, we, we lost a few people and then I lost my best friend, um, that I had met in the, in the rehab program. He, Mm. when he came in, he had cirrhosis of the liver Mm. so that it, it wasn't likely that he was going to make it for much longer unless he got a new liver. And, um, and there's probably a wait list for that. There's a wait list and alcoholics are not at the top because they did it to themselves (laughs) or as a medical view would be from the medical viewpoint. You're absolutely right. There are, there are many people that unfortunately have severe liver issues and they, they could not help it. Right. They were born with it or they contracted it or, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But when you are a medical professional identifying the next appropriate candidate, the first one or the top of your list is not going to be, unfortunately, someone who 
acquired this issue um, by their own doing. Right. So we lost him and, and me being a, um, a very new recovering alcoholic, my genius idea to cope with that was to drink. Which, so, I mean, to me, I totally understand that. Yeah. I, I remember getting... But people the, who don't understand addiction won't understand that. Right. I mean, because logically, it makes zero sense. Um, you know what this does to you. You know how your friend passed away. Um, and then you get the news about it. And then you immediately do the exact thing that, that caused all these issues. Yep. But that's exactly what I did. And, um, and so for the next few months, like I said, you know, for me, me personally, I can be around alcohol and I'm fine. It's when I start drinking that I can't stop. Right. And it's not a stop. Uh, it's not a, I can't stop today. It's no, I can't stop from here on out until something big happens. Yep. So that's exactly what happened. And, and just in an instance, it, it, your body doesn't forget. That is another big thing is, and what I learned through my relapses, I wasn't going to go through this program and learn how to drink better. That was over for me. I was told that many times. I believed it about eh, 75%, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and then there was the whole self thing. It was like, yeah, but I can, you know, I'm sure that you, you, you can't drink again, but I can, but I can, I, I just had to learn how to drink better. Right now and know when to stop. And yeah, that's, that's absolutely not the case. Uh, I picked up right where I left off and the twofold hits harder. Yeah, it does. And so I did that for a few months until I got found out again by your wife. Yeah. I, um, how was that? Uh, the second time. <sighs> Because she was more gentle, you said, the first time. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that one um, that one was tough. So I what I did in the, in the way that I got found out is she was starting to pick up on it. And I was, I think there was a big part of when we had our conversations, like, are you drinking? You know, you acted this certain way, which was very, very, it was a lot of the same characteristics as when you were drinking. Yeah. No, for sure not. How and could that be? you're still in treatment yeah too yeah yeah exactly so for listeners who might have forgotten (laughs) because i was i was still using drugs when i was in you can finagle yeah you can finagle i mean you when i was in ones where i would get drug tested i would be doing whippets i'd be doing about 100 whippets a night Mm -hmm. and then drive back to the house the halfway house or whatever because i knew that wouldn't show up on a drug test so you again, we're geniuses. Yeah. I, I got tested too. I knew when I was going to get tested, how often I was going to get tested. It, we were tested a lot less as we progressed through the program. Cause there's more trust because there's more trust. So, all right, I can do this and this. And yeah, so I did go a few days without drinking because I would have gotten tested. I, I had the willpower to do that. Mm-hmm. I had the willpower to stop if I was going to get found out. And that, that's where that line is that that's where alcohol can be in your system. What up to 24 hours, I think it, maybe it, a little longer. It's a little um, bit longer. Um, now granted it, there are a lot of variables that come into play, yes. but typically it is, it can be up to 72 hours. Up to 72, okay. Um, cause at Charlotte rescue mission, I remind the guys, I'm like, if you're going out at eight this morning, if you have a beer, it'll still be detected yes. tonight at nine thirty. It will be. It will be. And people don't think about that. Yeah, ex- exactly. So what it's an ounce of alcohol goes away every hour. Something I think, like that. I think yeah. The 
from what I remember. I think it's something like that. There's Uh, other variables you said. Right. Um, But uh, so, you know, as I'm doing that, uh, the first time I had went, you know, when I had started this treatment program is I got for not only for trust with my wife, but also for accountability, I bought myself a breathalyzer. And I said, if you, if you suspect anything or you'd like for me, whatever it is, let's mend this relationship. Let's hold myself accountable. I have this whenever we need it. It's an app on your phone. It's oh like a, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Like a hundred bucks. And we had yet to use it. And I remember one time before this, um, I very much had drank and she had, uh, my wife had asked me to use it. And for some, it was crazy. An excuse. I bet it was crazy. We couldn't find it. It was so crazy. I don't know how that happened. Oh, who knows? I just, I just, for some reason it was hidden in a place that we were unable to track it down. So I was unable to blow into it. And then, but like the next week we found it. I wonder it how that happened. Wild. I tell you, it was just crazy. Still probably trying to figure that one yeah, out. I, yeah. We're still trying to figure out the, um, maybe it was one of our cats just, but they brought it back though. They did bring the breathalyzer back, which was really great. Um, so from that point on, whenever they did bring it back, it was on my nightstand and it did not leave there. So it was December 8th of last year. And I had been drinking and she smelled it. I used my normal excuses, blah, blah. And she said, okay, yeah, no, I, I believe you. But, you know, just for my own peace of mind, would you mind? I said, oh, all right, here we go. And so I blew into it. I blew a 0.18. And um, the look on her face, I'll never forget. It was sheer terror. So she actually did believe you. I don't think she did. No, I, think, I, I think that was just kind of what she said. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't have believed me. I mean, it was I very, have either. it was very, very apparent. Yeah. And uh, so she said, call, it was my therapist. Um, I won't say her name, yeah, yeah. but call her right now. It was like 1030 at night. And so I called her, she said, be here. So I had, I had just left by the way, the treatment program you had completed, I, or, I had completed it. So I, there was a few, which mu- is, goes to show you can complete and under the radar. Uh, if you know what yep. to say and do, and if you, if you know, and you'll, you'll figure it out if you really yeah, want to. Correct. So I called her and I showed up the next day. And so, um, all that, all that going back to, you know, the relationship is again, we had, we had, we had to take a step back, but this year, um, has been a, a, a wonderful year for us. We, um, our relationship has never, never been better. Um, and th- this includes not, you know, not just marriage, but our, you know, the year we were engaged and, and the years that we were dating, it's never been better. Uh, it of course hasn't been perfect. Um, we have worked through a, a we have worked through so much, um, with both of us, with our relationship, personally, professionally, everything. Um, but there's no way I would have been able to do that if I hadn't been staying sober for this entire year. And, um, and like I said, we're only coming up on a year, so we are still relatively fresh in all this, but, um, the relapse taught me a lot and it taught me first and foremost that my addiction, it doesn't forget. And any given day, if I were to pick up alcohol again, I would be right back where I left off or worse or worse. Yeah. And that's just not something that I can do. And quite frankly, it, that's, that's completely fine because I look back on this year and thinking, man, I had a career year at work. Um, I lost a ton of weight and I feel, you know, 
I've been able to do things physically, pickleball for one, that I that I would have I wouldn't have been able to do. My relationship's amazing. Um, I can actually think clearly. Yeah, the clarity. I can wake up at seven and come do this podcast with you, like. No, this is a this is a good thing. Yeah. And you just have to constantly remind yourself and, and when you get to a point where it's saying, Man, I really could use a drink. Well, sure, sure that's gonna happen. Yeah. Alcoholic or not, that's yeah. probably gonna happen. I mean, that's a saying that people that don't even drink say, Oh, I could it, use a drink right literally. now. Literally. I mean it's yeah, it's almost just a saying at this point. Right. Okay, cool. But well, what else could you do? You can name, I can name you a list of, I mean, there's of a lot all of the other things you can do to cope correct. or to make yourself feel better or whatever. There, there, there are many things to do that don't involve it. Correct. And, um, a good family friend who, um, they've been amazing, uh, during my journey. Um, people ask him, um, and hopefully one day I'll get him on the show, but you know, people say, are you ever going to drink again? He's like, I don't know, but I'm not going to drink today. Because why worry about the future when you're not promised the future? I mean, I had a friend, dear friend, uh, went to her funeral yesterday, Khaki, um, 33 years old, um, died of a blood clot, we think, you know, from a post-surgery. You just don't know when your time is coming up. So for him, I'm not going to drink today. When I wake up tomorrow, if I wake up, I'll worry about tomorrow then. But I know I'm not going to drink today. I love I love that very much. It, there's there's two things. Uh, number one is it is very much a one day at a time process for this. That was my first tattoo, one day at a time. I love it, and it wasn't even for drugs, drinking. It was. It's literally one day at a time because I was always worried about my past mm-hmm. and how my past was going to affect the future Yep, that the present day was escaping because I was never present. I love that. That's it's so true. And, and again, it, and I love that, that tattoo, it, it it's, it's reminders like that. And, and do you have to get it tattooed on your body? No, no uh, you, but clearly, yeah, clearly I agree with you on that. Tatted up. Yeah. And, and what's funny is, so I, I got a couple recent ones and, um, I'm about what, to start one of back. The, yeah, come on, come on. I got to get all my, cause mine are more on my ribs and okay. chest and okay. upper biceps yeah no I, you could definitely rock a full sleeve um but one of the in light of what you just said one of the what i was going to get on my wrist but it it really honestly wouldn't have fit it was memento mori and it was it, it, in in layman's terms remember that you're going to die and and i think that it, it's it's a latin phrase and and it's i i have a i love to read like philosophy and 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 learn about uh, you know, a lot of the, the principles and, and ideologies of, uh, very, very smart individuals that, uh, lived long before us. But memento mori is just a, a saying that, like I said, remember that you're going to die and it's not meant to be bleak. It's also not meant to be yuppie. It's right. literally just a fact. You, if you're here on this earth, you have a birth date and you have a death date. Yep. And as my dad says, what are you going to do with that dash in the middle? How are you going to be remembered? Well said. And, and I also read, uh, in one of the, one of these books that kind of revolves around, you know, this type of thinking. And it said, um, you know, remember that you're going to die, but also 
ha, you know, the, it, it was in terms of like procrastination. Now, procrastination, I think a lot of people, would, you know, hey, I'm going to push off my homework, but procrastination really on a greater scale um, of pushing things off and, hey, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do that next week or we're going to get that next year, whatever it is. Talking about acting now, because it says if you're procrastinating, that is very arrogant. How dare you think that you were going to have until next year, for instance? Now, is the likelihood maybe high? I mean, maybe, yeah. Depending on your age, sure, your health. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, on paper, yes, it is probably likely. However, you have no idea. Um, like I said, you just mentioned your your friend passing away. Yeah. And, you know, I lost one of my best friends at 27. Right. Like, we see these things happening and yet we just sit here and go, I'm going to do this later. Well, who, who is to say, how dare you, how you, how dare you be so arrogant and be so sure that you have that time? Yeah. And I love, I love the smacks in the faces like that Mm -hmm. because it's great. It makes you laugh and you're like, huh? Oh yeah, that's, that's true. So anyways, yeah, I'm going to let them know. I love them tomorrow or no, no, you know, forgive and move on don't go to bed angry because one of you might not wake up and you would have wished you would have told your loved one i'm sorry Mm -hmm. i love you Mm -hmm. instead you might have to live the rest of your life oh i wish i would have told them this yeah and you know and and what we're saying right here i mean is this the first time it's being said absolutely not it won't be the last and it won't be the last but it, it needs to be a, a constant reminder. We have right. to constantly, constantly remind ourselves and remind, remind others because in the midst of, of life itself and the chaos and, and all of the things that we have to do and deal with on a daily basis, that's going to slip right through the cracks. A hundred percent. We're going to focus on what's the immediate threat, yep. the immediate thing on our docket. And, um, and so, yeah, it, it definitely takes reminders. Mm-hmm. I love the word doc. I don't know. Hopefully I will never have to worry you about know, that again. It, it takes me back to court and all those. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, it just came to me. I don't know. I know. Doc, when you said doc that, is a like, kind of a good word and I don't is. even know where it came from. I haven't heard that since, <laughs> you know, so, um, uh, love a good docket. Yeah. No, we don't. We yeah. don't love a good docket. And I was H. So I was towards <laughs> the front kind of, you know, yeah. middle. So I'd sit through a lot. No but, dockets here. Um, So as we wrap up, I always ask for advice, Um, you know, maybe um, for you, I definitely want to hear advice for, you know, people struggling with addiction or newly in um, addiction with alcohol. But then if you have any other advice that, you know, you're um, a therapist, your father or some from a long time ago that was given that's just held um, you know, close to your heart and helped you, but just what advice do you have for listeners? Yeah, no, I, um, we kind of just talked about what, what would have been the first thing that I would have said. So if you are, if you are struggling with addiction, whether you've gotten help and you're, you're early in on it, whether, I mean, maybe you've even been sober for 10 years or, or you feel like you might need to address something. Uh, one thing to understand and that hopefully will give you some peace is there are millions and millions and millions of other people that are dealing with the exact same things that you are. Um, and, and that means a, a few things. Number one, of course, you're not alone. So please lean on the resources and the people that you have in your life um, that you trust. But also when I say people have answers, listen, addiction is not and will never be cured. 
Okay. But with that said, there are very, there are a lot of things that people have done and have figured out to allow you to coexist with this looming addiction that you may or may not have. Um, there is a way to live a long and fruitful life despite your inclinations to, to use or to drink or whatever that is. People have done it. Um, and that's always kind of helped me is there are, there are alcoholics and users everywhere and there are alcoholics and users that have, that are sober and they are everywhere. So there's no shortage of resources. Um, and that includes again, 12 ounces of sobriety. If you ever, not only just listening, but if you ever want to send us a message, we'd, we'd love to chat with you. Um, but understanding that, as we said before, one day at a time, this is not something that, um, needs to be cured or fixed in one day, uh, because it can't. Um, but this is something that you work at every single day. It's not easy, but it is 1000% worth it. Um, and so I think that those would be the, the couple things that I would have to say as to not talk for 30 minutes and about all the things that I have um, experienced and learned and, and, and tried to remind myself of every, you know, every single day. Yeah, I mean, that's great advice, whether, you know, you're struggling with addiction um, or drinking or you don't, that's just good life advice. Um, so where can listeners, um, plug into 12 ounces of sobriety? Yeah. So we're going to be all on all the, the major streaming platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple music or, uh, yeah, yeah. Apple podcast. Um, really, really anywhere that you can listen to a podcast we're on. So I think a great idea would be to, you know, have a routine where you jump on Spotify and you listen to the rabbit hole podcast and then the 12 ounces of sobriety podcast, just back to back. So then you got two birds, one stone, and then even champagne problems and afterwards, throw them in after. And then you got like three hours of just good, solid, um, information and, uh, and you just, you're, going you're, with you're your ready day to tackle the day. You're or, ready to tackle the day. Or, yeah. So, um, well, I'm glad we uh, were able to connect. Thank you, McCall, for connecting us and, you know, um, introducing this new friendship that I think will be a lifelong one um, just because of our past and, you know, just the way we're wired. Um, yeah. So it's been an honor to have you this morning and you know just thank you for your vulnerability which we talked about you know it's not easy it's gotten easier as mm-hmm. we have um both you know been doing a podcast and um it ta- that i mean that takes vulnerability to be open yeah. and share for listeners to g- gain insight from you know life events that have happened to both of us yeah Um, it's not easy but you don't have to do it alone you don't have to do life alone you don't and life's not meant to be done alone um you know while i'm single right now i don't want to be but i'm not doing life alone no you know i have good friends i got people at the gym i'm back in school i have professors you know and i don't shy um away from my story. Um, I love telling it because I know it might help one person or it could help a million. I don't know. But if I help one person, then it was worth going through those dark days and getting that second chance at life. Yep. I think, I think two very, very powerful words when you're dealing with something like this saying, Hey, me too. Hey, I've been there. Let's Mm -hmm. talk. Let's do this. Yeah. 
awesome. making time. And if you don't have time, say, hey, I want to make time. Let's let's get something on the calendar. Yep. Rather than saying, oh, yeah, I can listen or I can talk right now. But your mind's thinking about that appointment you have in an hour or whatever. Really making sure you're present with that person. Because mm-hmm. um, that goes a long ways. It does. It does. And by the way, it was an honor being being on here. I really appreciate you. Um, and this has been a lot of fun. And uh, and it, it it's always it's always a great experience to do something like this. And um, it, it's one of those things that just continuously keeps you going. Mm-hmm. And so thank you very much. Yes, it's an honor. I'm glad McCall connected us. And yes, we're both here able to do it. You know, mm-hmm. you you didn't have to throw any back to get here. Nope. And I'm not. Uh, on the tail end of a bender. Um, yeah, it's a, so we were both that, able to that a good feeling. Yes. Yeah, so we were both able to sit here sober <laughs> and, um, hopefully, you know, help some people that are listening. Yep. Um, so thank you. Um, thank you all for tuning in this week to the rabbit hole show. Um, if you want to connect with me, um, reach out social media, um, text, uh, the rabbit hole show 21 at gmail.com. You want to connect with Carson, um, 12 ounces of sobriety, um, reach out to him. How can they reach out to you for someone that's struggling or, you know, needs to talk? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, uh, we, I mean, we have a few, a few platforms obviously that you can reach out to us on, but, uh, 12 ounces sobriety pod at gmail.com. If you ever wanted to send us an email, um, we would we would be happy to speak with you about anything and everything and then yeah 12 ounces of sobriety is the is the podcast um i i used to throw out the twitter aka x um but it's not nearly <laughs> checked as much so i think the best way would be yeah you know gmail uh feel free to send us an email anytime yeah or you can text me and i can connect y'all also that um, yep but, um, yeah, thank y'all for just tuning in, um, to this episode on Carson's story with, um, alcohol addiction, uh, marriage, uh, you know, treatment or relapse, um, and being here today, um, almost coming up on a year of sobriety, which is amazing. Proud of you for that. Cause thank you hard, very, very hard. Um, just remember one day at a time. Um, but go subscribe, uh, whatever platform you listen to, um, to the rabbit hole show, 12 ounces of sobriety, champagne problems. So get your three doses of, um, mental health, addiction, uh, life advice, and, um, stay tuned for next week. Thank y'all.